Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you joined us tonight on the show. Jeff, DW with you tonight, your host. Chat with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com if you need to, if you're going through something tonight. Tonight on the show, we've got a great hope panel, and our conversation I think is going to be inspiring because it's one of those where I think it's, it's, it's going to bring hope. And especially to a lot of people that are in the midst of some difficult times. Dave, how you doing? Great, man. Enjoying the new year and enjoying the uh, many things that God gives to us um, to enjoy as far as relationships with people. I think as I get older, you look you look at each year and say, man, who's going to come into it this year that I can uh, be a part of their lives and, and, and encourage them and see what goes on forward? And it's fun to um, to plan and to be a part of what God's doing. And if the, if the people listening don't understand that, they're going, what does that mean? You know, man, you, you need to understand there's a God in the universe who loves you and wants you to be uh, significant and secure. And as you love him, great things can happen. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Things are great right now. And uh, even if they uh, were lousy physically or whatever, they can still be great. And that's really the difference. Um, and that's what I hope that we can give the people that listen real hope. Join the Tweetback right now. Visit HopeNet360.com slash Tweetback. You can be part of the conversation tonight as we're discussing on the show. Also, Dave, I'm excited. Winter Jam is coming up to the end of this month, and there's a couple weeks left to register for that. So if you want to find out more information on Winter Jam, this is a, a youth retreat, a teen retreat to get up to Silver Birch Ranch and to have a lot of fun. It's basically, I would call it snow camp. It is. And I know you guys just got some snow recently, and I'm pumped for that weekend. Oh, bring it on, man. We're we're looking forward to having a you know a couple hundred uh, high school kids there. So if you're interested, go look at the webpage. We have a link there, and that we're excited to see as many high school young people come as possible. Have a great time in the snow and and uh, some great times in God's Word. That's under the show notes. So if you go to hopenet360.com, click on the radio and topics tab, you'll see tonight's show post, and it has some links and some maybe some interesting videos. Who knows where this conversation is going to go tonight? But I want to introduce our panel of hope. I'm so excited. Tara Kay is back in studio with us this week. Hey everybody. Tara, introduce yourself a little bit. My name's Tara. As we as I'm known on the show, Tara Kay, but I am the outreach director for an organization called Damascus Road and we we do advocacy for human trafficking victims and human trafficking awareness throughout the Fox Valley and northeastern Wisconsin and central Wisconsin. For the last I don't know, about five or six years, I've been involved in an advocacy work in, in Las Vegas and Wisconsin and across the country. So it's just been an incredible opportunity to share some of my experiences on the show and talk about what kind of things that teens might be facing that might make them vulnerable 
to being um, recruited or maybe involved in human trafficking. Also joining us in studio tonight is Sarah Bowes. And Sarah is the founder and director of More Precious Than Rubies. And you can find out more information at moreprecious.org. But Sarah, I want to I welcome you to the show tonight. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about you. Who invited you? Anyway. <laughs> I did. Tara invited me. Well, I just, I had suggested a while ago, we had done a human trafficking awareness show last year. And I had mentioned your name to Jeff because I've had the pleasure of getting to know you the last couple of years of doing advocacy work in Wisconsin. And I'm excited that you're with us tonight, Sarah. Thank you. I'm excited. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a mom. Tell us a little bit about you and some of your background and kind of who you are. All right. Well, like you said, I'm a mom. My kids are teenagers now, so I won't call them out. They'll get upset about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gracie and Maggie. I love being a mom. And um, I also love being able to just share the love of God with all kinds of people and all walks of life. But particularly, God has called me to reach to women who are working in the sex industry and those who are being trafficked right here locally in Green Bay. Specifically, we focus right in Brown County. Mm. And he led me to do that. Through a series of events, I was praying and asking him what he wanted me to do to serve him. He led me through the book of Esther. And when I got to the portion where Ruth goes before the king to plead for her people, I just was really moved. And and I said, God, I understand that um, you're the king, but I don't really know who my people are. Mm. What does that even mean? You know, I mean, Esther, she knew who her people was. She knew where she'd come from. And I really felt in my spirit that he said, well, where did you come from? So I started writing down a list Mm. and I wrote down runaway, throwaway, gang member, prostitute. And I looked at that list and I went, oh, no, (laughs) that's what you want me to do. Mm. And um, it was a little overwhelming at first. I spent a lot of time living um, not at home while I was a teenager. Things were turbulent most of the time at home. And um, sometimes I ran away and sometimes um, I was told to stay away. Not always like leave it to Beaver. Did you grow up in northern Wisconsin? I grew up right here in Green Bay. Yes. Now, when you when you uh, talked earlier, you said you know gangs, prostitutes, that kind of thing, yes. runaway. It, yeah, I'm thinking that really happens in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It sure does. Yeah. It's hard for me to understand that. I mean, you actually were were somebody that there's gangs here in this area. <laughs> yeah, there's several there's several gangs. They're not as obvious as they are maybe in some larger cities, but there's definitely gang activity, uh, people coming up from Chicago and Milwaukee, starting different groups. and yeah. Is that something when you mentioned you, you were being a runaway? I've never ran away from home, but I can imagine usually people are running away from something mm-hmm. and they're not really running to something, but it seems like those things find them. You know, like I'm going to go run away and be part of a gang. You know, who says that? But right. it seems like those th- things, the wrong kind of people seem to find them. Is that what happened? Absolutely. Them? Yeah. We all have a desire for family and structure and protection. And those are things that a gang, for instance, would offer, not in a positive way like we want, but there is there is definite structure and rules and with obedience comes protection. That obedience is what's painful sometimes. Mm. Um, when I was living on the streets, I wasn't old enough to have a job. I couldn't just go to the nearest fast food restaurant and apply. I was too young. Mm. So earning my own income was an impossibility. And I remember somebody telling me that when you live on the streets, you either sell drugs, steal, or you sell yourself. Mm. And I thought, well, that's fine. I'll steal. But you get caught stealing pretty quickly and um, you have to come up with other means to support yourself. It starts with um, 
things like survival sex, you end up in a position where someone is offering you a place to sleep over for the night, but you have to pay for that night somehow. And that's kind of how things start. Someone will, will woo you and, and say, you know, I will be your boyfriend. I will protect you. I'll protect you. I know your parents don't. I'll do that for you. And as a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old child, you believe that and need that. A 12-year-old, a 13-year-old needs somebody to protect them. Mm -hmm. They're not capable of supporting themselves. That person, that 18, 19, 20-year-old knows that and they take advantage of somebody who needs an adult. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they have been trained as mm. well. The person who was ultimately my first pimp, I remember he was, he was in high school himself. And I remember a family member of his coming up from Chicago and teaching him what to do. It's messed up all around. Yeah. We're going to take a break here on the show tonight. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. Join us on the tweet back. We're hanging out and we'll love to connect with you on the show. We'll be back with more on Hopenet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Tara Kay, and Sarah Bo is in studio with you tonight. Glad that you joined us on the show. Tonight, we're kind of talking about some heavy things a little bit. I would just encourage you tonight, if this is a time for you that's been difficult, make sure to chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. Join us on the tweet back. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also go to HopeNet360.com slash tweet back if you'd like to connect with us anytime during the week and leave us some thoughts. Maybe listen to the show on the podcast. You can always connect with us on the tweet back. Sarah, while you were talking earlier, you said one thing. You said with obedience comes protection. And uh, that's one of the messages, and, and I'm sure I'll use that line a lot uh, from you because that's one of the messages that we continually give young people. That Yes, obedience to God gives you protection. And that's what we're missing. We're, we're looking in for love and protection and significance and security in all the wrong places. You know, I grew up in uh, Chicago, really, and my dad was a pastor in inner city churches. Um, he started, he lived in, in what's called the Austin neighborhood when he grew up and then started a, a, a school and a camp at a church in another part of the inner city and then went to a, another place uh, called Lawndale. And, and back then, uh, that was a, a place where the Latin Kings, a, a gang, were, it was very powerful. And, and you were talking about gangs and, and I was kind of questioning you because I'm thinking, man, growing up in Chicago and, and seeing the gangs there, um, it's hard for me to grasp that there's gangs in uh, Green Bay or up in this area. Um, but uh, obviously there are, and, and they probably function in the same way where they use people and hurt them and abuse them. One of the things as a kid that I was amazed at was that for a girl to join uh, the Latin Kings, she and it was well known, and she had to sleep with every single member of the gang. And, and, and afterwards, then they would vote on that, whether she could be a part or not. And, and I thought, even as a kid, I'm thinking, man, that's terrible. I mean, that's just that's just terrible. But there were... It seemed like young ladies lined up, you know, to do this. And it, it had to be because of the, the, the protection and the significance that this gang was offering them. Because obviously we know they flash gang signs and, you know, you're a part of a certain group. And, and uh, very, very important to them that they found what they thought was protection and significance in this. And, and I can't help but keep thinking, if, if we as a church would see the importance of, 
uh, young ladies, young men that, that just need this kind of offering to be protected and to be loved and to be cared for, that, that we could stop a, a host of problems in, in that sense. Not, not only that, it backs... Uh, I'm an old teacher, and um, uh, you know that my master's is actually in education. I taught school, and and one of the things that I, I know the research teaches extremely well is that uh, it, the children who have their parents involved in their lives, not just there, but involved, uh, where they're caring about their homework, they're caring about their life, they have input in it. Those children do much better in school. And I keep wondering why the educational system keeps talking about money and, and computers and whatever else they might be talking about when the issue is not that. The issue is whether parents will take the time that's necessary to actually be with their children and care for them. And if we would do that, we would be a society that would change and our school system would be better no matter what the school system uh, looked like as far as physical attributes. But, but I appreciate you sharing because I, I think these are basic foundational human needs that, that the church, that God offers, and we as people who love God should be offering to the children around us. And we need to open our eyes in northern Wisconsin, especially in other rural areas where people are thinking this isn't happening, uh, where young people aren't being used by others. But I, I appreciate you sharing. I'm thinking, man, we, we have to do a better job at opening our eyes and seeing the young Sarahs in our community so that we can reach out to them in a, in a way where we can point them to God and give them the hope that they ultimately need. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think what that what those young Sarahs look like are the the kids that we try to ignore. They're the ones that are causing trouble. They're loud and obnoxious. They're when approached and asked, "Do you want help?" They say no. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that probably need assistance and help and love. And it's the love of Christ. Our Father God offers us that that love. If children are not able to receive the parental love at home for whatever reason, I think that as a church, it's important for us to share the love of our Father God with them. That is what makes the difference. He is our Father, and He loves them. And it's our responsibility to share that with them. Yeah. Not only that, there's a tremendous amount of depression that's out there among young people and, um, and, and physical harm. I mean, young girls cutting themselves and, and those types of things. And, and you know what I'm, I'm, I'm realizing as I, as I work with a lot of young ladies is, is that they've gone numb on life. And since we're not meant to go numb, they try and do something to feel. Mm-hmm. And numbness is a defense mechanism. If I'm in a, a prisoner of war and I go out and, and I'm captured and I'm tortured, the way I get through that is just being numb, you know, saying whatever, you know, and, and just let them do whatever they want, but I'm not giving them information. Um, I've had several operations and I hate operations in the hospital, but the only way I get through it, you know, you're laying on this table and you know in a moment you're going to be, you know, naked on the table and they're going to be operating on you. And, and I'm thinking, yuck, you know, I mean, I hate this. All right, just whatever, do whatever so I can get out of here. You know, it, w- what happens is you go numb in order to get through something for a time. And, and, and that's really a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is, is that a lot of people end up going numb and they stay that way. And then they can't figure out why they're trying to get feelings. They're trying to get them from gangs or, or sex or from um, being desired by somebody or whatever else. But they've already gone numb. And, and, and we weren't made to go numb. We were made to have life abundantly. And the only way to do that is to really enter a family, a real family, God's family, where you can trust your father. And, and, and God can be trusted. He's older than us and smarter than us and loves us. He can be trusted. And once we get there, and then we as adult 
believers, those who are Christians, we need to be trusted as well. We need to start looking at every young person with the idea of what we can do to make them successful. You know, at the Nicolay Bible Institute, I asked the young boys to retrain their minds. I asked them to look at the young ladies that are part of our Nicolay Bible Institute, look them in the eyes, never look anywhere else, look them in the eye and immediately ask this question, immediately pray this, I should say, God, what do I need to do to make this young lady the best person she can be? And then talk to her. Retraining the brain to understand that we should be about others and not ourselves instead of using others and using things and using whatever relationships for ourselves. Being about ourselves and using people gets us in trouble. And being used also gets us in trouble because we're not meant to do that. We're meant to love and be loved. Now, if you're just tuning in listening to the show, we have a couple of really awesome guests. And I tear Kay is back, of course, and she's always fantastic. Hey. And you guys probably know about Damascus Road. We're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight in the show. But Sarah, you started up this organization called More Precious Than Rubies. Can you kind of talk about that? What is More Precious Than Rubies? What is this all about? Uh, More Precious Than Rubies is an organization that specifically reaches, reaches, serves, and equips women and youth in the sex industry and those being trafficked here in Green Bay area. One of the things that we do is we go to businesses locally that would be likely to have human trafficking victims at them. One of those is, a, for instance, a strip club. And basically, we just we go and hang out with the people that are working there, really get mm-hmm. to just develop relationships, and from there are able to offer services that they may need and really just let things be directed by them. Some of the people that work in an organization like that are college students trying to make it through. Others are there because they have a pimp and they're being forced to be there. And so you just go and you reach out mostly primarily to women? Primarily to women, yes. And are these places, are they actually open to people like you coming in and sitting down and having these? Because theoretically, I mean, you could be disrupting their business, couldn't you? Yeah, surprisingly, um, God has given us favor with the owners and the people working there. Uh, We make it very clear we're not there to pull people out and... Um, tell them to get a different job. We're there to tell them that Jesus loves them right mm-hmm. there, right where they're at. Uh, that ultimately that's our goal is to let them know Jesus loves them. We believe it's up to the Holy Spirit to direct them to a different job if that's what he has for them, yeah. which of course we believe yeah. he does have for them. But um, I would never tell somebody, you need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. As much as you would love to, to tell them, you know, there's, there is a better life, yeah. you know, cause some, I mean, in, in those situations, you know, when you know the abuses and you know, I mean, let's just face it. I mean, people that are going in there are not going in there to worship God, right? They're not, they're, they're totally about self-gratification and our culture is filled with self-gratification. Every, it seems like everywhere we turn, I mean, we just getting through Christmas. I mean, Christmas is such, it's, it's moved from a focus, you know, and, and you know, this it's moved from a focus on who it's really about Jesus. And it's become about us just finding ways to gratify ourselves. And we see this over and over in our culture mm-hmm. and we feed into it. I mean, because what ends up happening is when there's demand and, and Terry, you talk a lot about this too, is human trafficking is, is a supply and demand thing. It's about if people are actually interested in it, if they're willing to throw money at it and they're willing to do something about it, well, there's a market for it. And the unfortunate reality is this is such, it's an abuse. And I don't know. I don't know if, if people wake up, if young women wake up and they, they think, man, if this was, you know, this is my dream job, this is what I want to do. The reality is, is it exists. And, I, and you kind of talked about it too, where it, it seemed like there were only like three choices for you growing up as someone who ran away from home. And, and so you talk about the struggle there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this as we go on the show tonight. But I kind of want you to unpack some of that and talking about how 
you know, when you don't have the skills needed in life, you don't have maybe the resources at your fingertips, you have to do desperate things to get by. And so we're going to talk about that more on the show tonight. Remember to join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash slavery. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Terkay, and Sarah Bowes in studio tonight. And January, if you are not aware of this, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And today is actually National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And lots of activities all around the country that focus on human trafficking and, and really about this. this I, it's, it's really an underground slavery is really what it is. It's become that in our culture. It's modern-day slavery is what we know and of course you guys know tara k she is back with us it's so good to have you back on the show tara thanks for coming that's good to be back i'm so excited um that we're doing this show because we had a lot of awesome uh, events happen today um sarah did one in green bay and uh, we did one in oshkosh have been doing it for the last five years in oshkosh awareness rally where we hold up signs encouraging people to honk their horns read our signs and and, you know, that might seem like something small, and I want everyone out there to know we want to talk about this some more, too, in the show of, like, why are we talking about this? Are we just raising awareness? Or we want to give you some tips about what you can do. So an event like today is something that we do, and maybe it doesn't know it doesn't change the world necessarily today. But I get people all the time when I do presentations, and I'm sure Sarah does, and when we bring it to their attention – People come up to me later, well, you don't know how many times I've, all of a sudden I just saw it on the news, and mm-hmm. then the week after you spoke, I saw it in the paper, and then I heard something about a sting going on in Appleton or something like that. Yeah. So as you um, maybe saw a sign as you drove by a street in Green Bay or in Oshkosh, that might trigger your mind, and then all of a sudden you start seeing it at other places too. That's that's really a, you know something that I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks as we've been preparing to do this show is that we've seen more media coverage talking about this talking about human trafficking and it's not so unheard of at least from my point of view and watching the news reading the newspapers seeing things online i mean you have you know you have things called the end it movement and talking about ending human trafficking and so there are there's much more awareness going on about this but not only that but even from a law enforcement standpoint how does the media actually help you guys with what you do with human trafficking and helping rescue women? Um, well, the media can be sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing because a lot of what the media looks for and government officials and people who offer funding, they look a lot towards statistics to mm. prove that something exists. And from our standpoint, if you understand that trafficking is a business, it's a criminal industry governed by supply and demand, you can understand that anywhere that there's going to be big money to be made, that, that's where pimps are going to be using, bringing. They will bring their girls and move their girls around. Like, for example, in Oshkosh, we have the EAA, we have Country USA, and I, uh, I've monitored online. There's online websites where girls are being advertised as escorts, but they are fronts for prostitution. And those ads increase during big events. Even in Oshkosh, they've increased during EAA, during Country USA. 
um, any kind of sporting event. Um, the Super Bowl is one of the big events where those ads, you can see that they increase. So that's an indicator. Any place that there is an opportunity for a pimp to make money, or, or we say that synonymously pimp or trafficker, that's where they're going to be. Because it's a, it is a criminal industry. It's governed by supply and demand. And it has three key players. And this might help people understand that this is why it can happen anywhere. Because the key players are um, the victim, the trafficker, and the John or the customer. And how you can identify a victim isn't necessarily by socioeconomic status or they're from a big city or they aren't even involved in a gang, but just vulnerability. The average age of entry into prostitution is 12 to 14 years old. So it's common knowledge now that that's where the pimps are going to go recruit by schools, at malls, where you can find young, impressionable teenagers. And then the pimps themselves are motivated by profit. And the Johns and the customers are motivated for self-motivation, self-gratification. And that's more of of an understanding of how trafficking works, more so than just here's all these statistics. When you begin to understand the how, you begin to see how it could happen in any community. It doesn't matter what size or what location. You know, last year when I was watching the Super Bowl, they were talking about the sex trafficking that was going on there. And and the news report that followed that basically said, no, that's not really happening. They talked to police. They only arrested like three people. And uh, and so it's all blown out of perspective. The answer you just or the things that you just talked about, Tara, uh, makes sense. I mean, people aren't actually above board on this. So how are they going to know it anyway? And uh, so you're kind of going undercover to kind of figure out who's there and, and how you can help. I mean, how do you go and help at a place like the Super Bowl? Do you, you say you go there? Yeah, actually, um, I've been a part in the last four Super Bowls and last year I didn't go. But um, before that, since Miami, I'd been at all of the Super Bowls doing outreach. What does that look like? In the past, I've done uh, worked with partnered with law enforcement and local nonprofit uh, groups in those cities and from around the country. Um, Part of what we do is we distribute missing children information because um, they've been tracking the area beforehand, um, the law enforcement and the nonprofits that are local. And they've been noticing that in the areas where there's Super Bowls have been occurring, there's been an increase in missing children. Because as Sarah gave that example, some might be runaways and they show up missing. Some might have been recruited by a pimp using the boyfriending tactic, as we talked about earlier. Some might have just been kidnapped or taken Some might have maybe gone willingly looking for that family type situation that maybe they didn't have at home, but they may have been brought to the Super Bowl area specifically by their pimp to be trafficked because of they know that they're going to make a profit. The pimps know they're going to make a profit there. So um, we go to hotels and businesses in the area looking for missing kids to see if they've given they have any tips. Um, we, we've I've trained hotels in the past. Um, here's what to look for. Just a short training of a lot of most people have told me, wow, I've seen these things, but I've never really knew what to do about it. And I never knew that it actually came together and that it was human trafficking. So just putting that information in front of those key players, like the hotels, like businesses in that area, even just peep tourists coming, you never know who's going to see. Everybody's eyes are important and everybody can look for the kids that are missing. And you never know. Some of those children that are missing, they may not have been trafficked, but you never know. Some of them might have been, too. Are there like men that are just at the Super Bowl watching for these young girls to grab? I mean, are, are there men that are keeping their eye open for that vulnerability? Or does that take place before the Super Bowl? A lot of that is before the Super Bowl. And pimps will often, I mean, year round, will be moving their girls typically. They maybe work out of one specific area like Las Vegas or Milwaukee or a hub. And then 
um, have their girls travel to different locations for bigger events. So it could be a variety of things, but it generally I think the recruiting would happen a little bit before the Super Bowl. It's a process of manipulation, okay. too. I'm trying to figure out if I'm a, if I'm a guy and I'm doing that, I'm looking for these these young ladies that I can find. Where am I looking for them to begin with? According to even pimps themselves, the general places they recruit are at malls and outside of schools or even use girls that they've already recruited or even boys to recruit girls from school. For example, um, they might um, hang outside of a school meet up with some guys, offer them, hey, we're going to have a party this weekend. We're going to supply the alcohol. We'll spread the jugs. Bring some of your girlfriends. Bring some of the girls from your class. And, uh, you know, we'll just throw this party for you. Mm. And boom, the girls are the guys bring the girls at the party that. And there's a vulnerability right there, right, for the pimps to hmm. openly start boyfriending, pretending to be the boyfriend, get to know the girl. Sometimes that happens. It's a process getting hmm. to know this young lady, getting to know everything that's important to her. And then um, later on, turning her out, which is a term hmm. that we use often as he starts to say, well, you know, I threw this party for you. I gave you... Um, Nice clothes. I got your hair done. I got your nails done for you. I provided a place for you to live. And now you need to return the favor. You need to pay me back. You owe me. So there's there's real intentionality there on, on yeah. the guy's part trying to figure that out. And I'm wondering if if those of us that love the Lord and we want to help stop this, if we can't if we can't encourage our listeners to be more intentional about looking for those kids to themselves walk around a mall and look for the kids to themselves trying uh, youth groups at, at church or whatever, not be just about church kids and, and go out and figure out, you know, getting the other kids involved and identifying which one of your friends are, are having trouble. And let's, let's get, a, let's get them over here. Mm. You know, let's, yeah. let's have a party for them here that that shows them respect. And de- I mean, I, I think maybe the, the call that I'm hearing or the thing that I'm hearing is we as believers, those of us that love God need to be more intentional about looking for these children that are, are being trafficked because the other side is intentional about looking for them. It can't just be accidental. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And that's one of the in previous Super Bowls as well. I've done, I've worked in schools, doing school assemblies and helping out with those. And um, one of the things that we just emphasized was making sure students knew what to look for in their friends, behavioral things, because students um, and peers are the number could be the number one reporters. They are the ones who are going to see first the changes that are going on in their friends, like bringing in, their friend suddenly has um, nice like a Louis Vuitton bag or, you know, their hair and their nails done or all of these things that they wouldn't normally be able to afford. A teenager mm-hmm. doesn't really be able to afford that kind of stuff or changes in music. Those type of things, their peers are going to be the first people to see that. So it's very important, I think, to help for us to educate teens, um, especially in youth groups in churches, but also to educate parents as well to help them see these signs maybe that are happening in their kids before that actually happens so they can recognize exactly what is going on. And it's not just sometimes that's just teenage behavior where they start not, you know, not really talking to their parents or becoming a little aloof. But that could also there's specific signs you can look for that indicate that there might be more going on. All right. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. We post every single show there. Go and check it out. Share with your friends tonight. We're going to pick up this conversation in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, 
Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us for the show. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, especially if you missed the first half of the show. We've been chatting a little bit about a sensitive topic, a, a big discussion about modern-day slavery, human trafficking. And you may already know this, but this today is actually National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And all January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. We have some links on our website for that at HopeNet360.com. If you want to find out more information on how you can get involved in your local community and to essentially stop the trafficking. We want to end this modern-day slavery in our lifetime. And so we're glad that you joined us here tonight on the show. Gals, as we were in the break, we were kind of talking about this, how sometimes that question comes up. I don't know if you've been asked this often, but in my head, this was what was going through my head. It's a complex issue. You know, we've talked about some of the ways you get involved. Terry, you've discussed about different ways that young women get involved in it, whether it's a boyfriending technique. Uh, Sarah, I'd, I've never heard this this phrase, survival sex, but it, it makes sense. I mean, when you talk about it, it's it's not a proper use of sex. The, the essence of human trafficking is really about taking something that was meant for good and marketing it, using it for evil. I mean, it's an evil purpose. You know, the question through my head is with young girls, should we really should we really care a lot about getting them out of the industry, so to speak? I mean, don't they don't they want to be in it? Isn't there a desire or they feel like that's their only their only purpose or only reality in life? Yeah, I think if we look at it from a perspective that is not a Christian background, if I've if I've been raised in a family that uh, Christ was not taught and I don't know who Christ is or what God's plan is for me in my life, I've been raised in a situation where there's sexual abuse in my early childhood. Let's say there's a lot of uh, family marital breakups in my family and the women in my family are maybe manipulative where I'm taught as a young girl that my job is to control the men in my life using my girly ways, however that may be. Maybe when it's young, I'm batting my eyes and and Mm. flashing a big smile to my dad or something. You know, there's a grooming process that can happen as we're young children. So to, to look at it from a perspective of a Christ follower, like, don't you value yourself more than that? Clearly you want to be like that. Isn't really a fair perspective to look at it. If we're able to to understand, I think what you said was it, it maybe is a, is a choice, but what are their other options? What do they see as their other choices? What they need are resources for other opportunities and love. Absolutely the love of other people. And I think like we've said over and over again, that's when the church can step in and and share the love of Christ and be a family Mm -hmm. and surround those people. I think what's important about that too, is that if you, I've gotten asked that same question, why doesn't a person just leave? I mean, there's housing sometimes is few and far between, but, but it, there is, it is available too. And there are some resources that are available, not quite enough. We wish there were more, but the idea of slavery is that it's, it's different than slavery in the past. There's actually more slavery now in the world than any other time of history, but it's different. It's not, you know, chains around somebody's wrist like we would think slavery. It's a mental bondage. And that's more difficult to break than just giving somebody their freedom. You can't just give somebody their mental freedom by re- removing them from that situation. They have something removed from their life, but you have to fill that back up with something else or they're going to go back to that because then you're left with a void. So I think it's so important for the church to be able to um, step in to help with resources as well, but just to be there 
because they need to have that void. If something's removed, then you need to be filled with love and acceptance from people who are truly caring about them through the love of Christ. Yeah. And I think what's important is to understand that the fear is real. There's a fear that he is going to find me, that he will hurt me. He will hurt my family. He knows where my family Mm -hmm. lives or my other loved ones, whatever that, whatever threat he has used to manipulate. That is a very real threat. And, and to go back to what sometimes, you know, I'm going back to a situation that put me in the situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to end up back on the streets again. Right. So why try to leave when I'm going to end up the same? I know going back to that fear being really real. Two years ago, I saw just by chance that my very first pimp was going to court um, for pandering. He had gotten arrested for pandering. And I had thought that my first thought was, oh, I need to go and testify and say, listen, I know what he did to me was so long ago, but this is real. This He's been doing this for years. Mm. And then it occurred to me, I have children that are teenagers. Yeah. He would hurt them. I do not need to put my nose in there. Wow. So even, you know, 20 years later, I have a fear that he's going to come after me. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think it was Nancy Reagan who who coined the phrase, just say no. And and even when she coined it, I thought that doesn't work. I mean, really, you're trying to solve problems like drugs or anything else. It doesn't work. There's a process involved here. And and I think you guys have made that clear. It starts when you're young and really you're modeling self-centeredness in different ways. And you, you learn to use your body to get what you want. Use the, your smile, your, your whatever, your personality. You've learned and been trained to be self-centered. When God teaches us that, that really we need to be other-centered, and, and that's a difficult thing. We need more modeling of Christ-centeredness at home and so that young people have it. Likewise, and you ladies may get on me on this one, but I think we need to have the older ladies, and I'm not talking old ladies. I'm talking those that aren't you know adolescents anymore, high school, uh, model what, what it is to live in a way that doesn't say, look at me and, and use their bodies or their language or w- whatever, their their uh, gender to get what they want. I've asked mothers this, you know, you go into a, a Kohl's store and you're, you're buying clothes. Do you go in the, in, the, in the little room, the changing room and look in the mirror and go, boy, they'll notice this. You know, they're going to notice me. Is that how we do things? And we're, we're training people. We're training young ladies to say, look at me, notice me so I can get what I want in life. It's so important that we start at home, I believe, that the, that the ladies understand what it is to be modest and why. The, ladies of, the young ladies of Nicolay Bible will ask, you know, what is modesty? And I'll say, I'm not going to give you a rule. Here's what I know for sure. is If you dress in a way that says, look at me to a body part, that's not a good thing. And, and what's going to happen is you're starting to buy into the idea that I need to look a certain way and be a certain way so I get what I want in life. And you need to be careful to understand the process is, is deadly. Get away from there. But then I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, um, this is terrible. We have certain modesty rules here and, and just because we have so many young people here. But I have mothers talk to me and say, yeah, well, this is my daughter's camp swimsuit. Or this is my daughter. And I'm looking, I'm going, is this about camp or something else? I, why don't we train young people? To, to understand that we don't put ourselves in a position where, where we become objects for somebody in their brain or their imagination. And you could say, what's well, men's problem or whatever. Maybe. But the bottom line really is we need more examples at home of people who say, I know who I am. I'm not going to use my sexuality to get what I want. I'm not going to flaunt that. I'm, I'm in, I'm, I like who I am and, and start um, really having parents get get um, themselves to the point where they are beginning to live in a manner, I think, that the Bible outlines for us. 
I love what you said there. And, and I love the premise, you know, like we have to get, we get our identity from Christ, not from who we, who we project and who we're um, attempting to get the attention of our, our 100% identity comes from him and him alone. So who he says I am is way more important than what I'm wearing. Oh, absolutely. And how long did it take you to figure that out, Sarah? 30-something years. It's reality. <laughs> yeah. We're immersed in a culture that goes the other way, and, and we're immersed in a church where ladies have bought it, right. and, and they're going the other way. So then to retrain the daughters is very difficult. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the hard thing. And it's, you know, this is one of those kinds of topics that sometimes we tend to shy away from. And so if you're listening, I want to just thank you for listening and, and for being part of the conversation. It's a difficult conversation because it is talking yeah. about things that are uncomfortable. There is a stigma around this in the church. Yeah. And it is important, though, to have a healthy conversation and bring it back to what it's really about and how we see ourselves really in the eyes of our creator. Yeah, you know what? I, I just want to encourage our ladies to think about why they dress like they do and how they're passing that on to the next generation and why. Not, not I'm not asking anyone to be frumpy. I don't even know what frumpy means. I've just heard it. But I'm not, I'm not asking anyone to be frumpy. I'm, I'm asking people, please, l- let's convey a message to the next generation that women are more than bodies. Mm. Let's, con- let's convey the message that, that we are thankful that God created us the way we are and our identities in him. But we need to start as adults to convey that and convey it clearly to the next generation. All right. When we come back here on the show, we're going to continue this conversation and talk a little bit more about what ways you can get involved and how you can be an advocate to help young women who may or may not be trafficked, but again, to help find their identity in Christ. Remember to chat with the live coach tonight at HopeNet360.com. More coming on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, D.W., Tara K., and Sarah in studio with you tonight. Glad that you're here with us on the show. Remember to join us in the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. My wife and I have been running youth clubs for years and uh, operate a Christian camp here in northern Wisconsin. When we see a young lady that we suspect something is not going well, what do we do? I think, first of all, talking to her, not necessarily coming right out and saying, hey, so are you being trafficked? Because um, she's not going to identify that as her situation, most likely. But just asking about family dynamics, how things are going, um, sharing that you care is just incredibly valuable and important. And then reacting to the different things that she's able to talk about. If she's talking about a boyfriend who's spending a lot of money where does he get that money? You know, just asking more in-depth questions and being willing to go places that may be uncomfortable. I know in a, I've had a couple of other friends share their survivor stories with me, and I don't know if this was similar with Sarah or not, but there is sometimes, in some cases, girls, they believe that they're going into it willingly because they're usually at a, you know, adolescent mindset. So the, their pimp will manipulate them into thinking look at all this money you made and we're in this together. And um, maybe they they start to get a high off of, oh, look at how much I made, $5,000 this week, or look at how much I made. And it becomes something that it to the outside world, it appears that they want to be doing. So you you wouldn't be surprised, and, and pimps or traffickers too, will brag about themselves on Facebook mm-hmm. or and sometimes a girl might, she might be interested in telling, especially with her friends, well, look at what my boyfriend got me. She might be 
um, interested in bragging it up a little bit and talking about it. So those are key things to keep the conversation going because she actually wants you to ask questions about it. And she's almost bragging about it in a way because um, she might not always, you know, appear to be fearful. She might be bragging about it. I know that's one of my, one of my survivor friends had said that she would do that a lot, um, but she didn't realize at the time that she had been conditioned. She had mm. been manipulated. She felt like, well, I'm doing this and look at all this money I'm making. So she might be actually more willing to talk about it than you think. So ask those questions like Sarah had mentioned. You know, I might want to encourage the men that are listening, especially to be very careful in this, because w- one of the things that I've noticed is that young ladies, uh, they really, really, really need a dad. They need a dad that loves them and believes in them. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes that's their vulnerability. They, you know, these guys will use that vulnerability to get to the children. And, and what we need to understand is that older Christian men need to be able to say some things and be totally reliable in thinking what's best for a young lady and helping them and getting their wives involved as quickly as possible. And, and giving them, giving these young ladies a model to look at of a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship, what it looks like to be around a man that does not want them sexually but wants them to succeed in life. I mean, we really need to step up to the plate and, and intentionally allow our marriages and our lives to be examples to these young ladies and then have some rules. You know, I have rules that I will never be alone with one of the young ladies. I won't be in a car with them alone, that kind of stuff, just because I want to make sure that they understand that there's a different safety, not the safety they're looking for, but a real safety in those who actually love Jesus and and that we can actually love them and want what's right for them. And we can love our wives and we can respect our wives and we can respect our daughters, but they need to see it because once they see it, it's like, I want that. You know, I long for that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do. So we need to start allowing our lives and, and our families to be on display, if you want to call it, not to show off. That, that's not what I'm saying. But but to allow young people who have not seen a healthy family or seen a healthy daughter-father relationship, or it, it, they need to see it. And once they see it, then, then I, I believe we can begin to push them towards or allow them to see who God is and get in a relationship with God. And, and I'm telling you, if you're listening today and you do not know what I mean to have a relationship with God, to have him as your father, not, not a father who abuses you or abandons you, but a father you can trust, then you need to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach right now and say, man, I need to understand that because that's the beginning. And then we as a, a body of Christ need to step up to the plate and start giving young people somebody that they can watch that actually loves God and loves their spouse and loves their children that they can, uh, you know, that is reliable. And, and I would beg those who love God to start living in that manner. You know, I think we all agree that, you know, this, this whole modern day slavery, human trafficking is an evil thing, you know, and even from a, a law enforcement standpoint, one thing that actually drives the price up of this is the fact that it's a high-risk industry, if you will, that there's a chance of getting caught, there's a chance of incarceration, there's just any risky behavior is, in a way, it drives dollars up, it also drives that kind of that high up, you know? I mean, that, how many of us try to seek out thrills in life, you know, whether it's skydiving or things like, you know, mountain climbing or whatever, I mean... I don't, I'm Swedish. But there... <laughs> But there are some of us that, I mean, that's what we live for. We live for those highs. And, I mean, the reality is, is we continue to try to fill our lives with things that will get us high, you know, that will bring us out of a depression. I mean, so you talked about it. When things are going right at home, 
you go and search out, you search out for meaning, you search out for significance, you search out for even food, you know, your basic necessities when those things aren't met. And so I think part of this, you know, we have other issues as well in our culture. You know, poverty is a big thing. Yeah. Single parent homes is also a difficult thing for a lot of people. A lot of kids grow up, you know, today with marriages that, that end in divorce, they end in, in difficulty. There, are, There's just that reality, too. So you've got kids that are living in dysfunction. So this is this is only one of those ways that kids can fall into seeking purpose and significance that's outside of God's design. And you talked about it as well. If you haven't been raised to know God, if you haven't been raised with that, even though we have, I think in us, there's a desire to do good. It's just without knowing the creator of good, the, the one who yeah. is good, God, that it, it leaves us to our own devices and we're just evil. So with that, I, I do want to give just some thoughts in, in talking about this too, because I think it's, it's a heart issue. When you talk about the guys who desire not to use women as objects or as people that we can use and abuse, it's a heart issue. Because really at the core of it, yeah, there are things that I know I shouldn't be doing, and I do those things. You know, there are things that I say that I know I shouldn't be saying those things. Paul talked about this. It was in Romans. He talked about living a life. He knew not to do those things, and he didn't want to do those things, but he did them all the more. And the things he knew to do, he didn't do them. And he was frustrated because, again, it's a heart issue. It's like I need to actually have a heart transplant. Something is messed up inside. And that's really the reality, whether it's a young woman or it's a young man. We need to have a new spirit within us. And Paul talks about that more in Romans. And I just want to encourage you tonight as you're listening, chat with the live coach. If that's if any of that is new to you or there's questions about this, that, I'm, you know, in, as something needs to change inside of me. See, it's all these things are these are more behavioral things. These are more, you know, I need to fill some of my basic needs. There's no understanding that God can be my provider or God can be the one who will supply all my needs. There is an understanding of that. You know what? I think here's the warning sign for anybody listening. If you are actually seeking significance, if you're seeking it, you're vulnerable because God gives significance. You don't have to seek it once you understand your relationship with him. And, and so if you're seeking it by having um, money or things or popularity or if you're seeking that significance, uh, you are going to be frustrated all your lives and you're going to find uh, all kinds of trouble instead of significance. Significance is a gift. It's given to you by a Heavenly Father who loves you and you need to be in relationship with him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish. We're in God's family at that point. Very important that you see it. Please get a hold of HopeNet360.com. Talk to a life coach. Very important you get the starting point and then realize you're in trouble if you're seeking that significance because it is something that's given to you. All you have to do is accept it. All right. We're going to take a break here on the show. Connect with us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV or go to HopeNet360.com slash tweet back. We'll wrap up the show when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. 
Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Wrapping things up tonight here on HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of the show or you want to go back and listen over, you can check out the podcast at HopeNet360.com on TuneIn Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio. Either way, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast. Leave a review if you would and let us know your thoughts. Let us know that you love it or what you don't like about it or what you like to hear us talk about on the show. Anytime you can connect with us on the tweet back, use the hashtag HNR. RTB, share your thoughts, share some comments that you have with us on Twitter. You can also go to hopenet360.com slash tweetback. So, gals, as we're wrapping up the show, Tara Kay is back in with us. We have Sarah from More Precious Than Rubies. Gals, we've been talking about a heavy topic, but again, it comes back to some simple things. We talked about identity. We talked about real purpose and real value. And as we're wrapping up the show, I'd love just to have you guys give some final thoughts and some ways that we can get involved more in human trafficking, especially during January when it is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. One way people can get involved is to learn about the uh, red flags of trafficking and just be aware in the community as they're out and about about different people who they may be running into who are possible victims or getting involved with a different organiz- with an organization, More Precious Than Rubies, Damascus Road Project, um, something else that's local in any listener's area. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be too difficult to find online. A quick Google search. You know, we're always looking for all different kinds of people to help us out. Sometimes we need people to to actually go in and do some outreach. Sometimes we need people to um, teach a Bible study or just a basic um, life skills class, cooking class, a parenting class. But then there's also things that people can do behind the scenes if they don't want to get too personally involved, help putting together presentations, um, talking to and educating other people, even on the Internet, sharing different facts on the on Facebook or Twitter and and letting other people know that this is something that's going on today and just getting that awareness out there just makes all the difference in the world. Well, and social media really has helped this kind of take root. I mean, even law enforcement, there's a focus on it as well. And we, we talked about how the media has, for better or worse, I mean, it's, it's brought this to a forefront. I mean, we see this happening in our community. I remember almost a year ago just hearing about this story in a little town in Wisconsin that all of a sudden was like, you know, it made regional, maybe even national headlines of this human trafficking sting. So again, it's it's a it's it's another symptom of a bigger problem here. But it is important to know that we can do something about this. And I'm glad you talked about just basic life skills classes. You know, as we are the church, the church is a hub for a lot of resources and needs to, of course, be the number one has to be the number one hub for hope. If the church is not proclaiming hope and hope in Christ, a new relationship, but that's just the beginning. See, God didn't intend to keep us in the same manner that we were found. You know, when God rescued us, God likens us to sheep. And he talks about how the sheep who have been to a bad owner and God is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd and a good shepherd. You know, when he finds a sheep that's that's been abandoned, that's been left for dead and he comes in, he's not going to let you stay left for dead in that state. And until we come to know him, we are left for dead. We're left to our own devices. We're left in places like this where we can be in the middle of destructive behaviors, whether it's, you know, human trafficking, it can be in, in the midst of drug addictions, you know, in pornography, in broken marriages, in all these different states. God's not going to keep us in that. He's going to help restore us. So we need, as the church, we need to actually be involved in helping with the, with the recovery part of it, you know, helping young women get back on their feet, you know, providing some resources. You talk about practical things like, just living, 
you know, living expenses, getting back on their feet, you know, budgetary things. How do you budget? How do you plan? How do you do those things? And then, you know, all those emotional scars that you have after that, too, because that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And not all of us are equipped to help in those ways. But Mm -hmm. it is important to know that as the church, we have a responsibility. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Mm -hmm. If we aren't going to be the vessels of hope, who will? And everybody can do something. Yeah. Not every nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. That's so true. I mean, I, just think about what you do on a daily basis. I know that was kind of struggle for me for a while because I'm not a survivor. I kind of thought, thought, well, who am I to say this to somebody or like I understand. But then I think God really showed me to and just involve people with what I do in my life in general. One of the things I really like to do for fun is I like to dance. So I, I ballroom dance and I invited a friend of mine to come dancing with me and she had a great time and it was just not it's not always necessarily having to do trafficking related it's just involving somebody in your life that might take it off their mind for a while to have a a fun time or or practical resources that they might need help with i know a lot of survivors have children and they need child care is a big Mm -hmm. deal um needing help if they're going for an appointment or a job interview or something or just to have an evening off offering child care is huge so I think there's so many different way, practical ways that people can get involved and be creative. Think of what, what has God gifted you with that might be able to help somebody else out in, in, in a way. I think raising awareness wherever you're at is so important because we can't reach out to everybody that you can reach out to. So this whole month, if you maybe missed the rally today, it, it's still Human Trafficking Awareness and, and Slavery Prevention Month. So do something this month. Think of what you could do. If it's even just changing your Facebook picture to human trafficking related to raise awareness or make sure invite everybody to come check out this podcast because we need to get this information out to people that we may may not be able to reach, but you as a listener can. And lastly, I just want to also let everybody know, too, if you're listening from another state, there's a great um, resource. It's called Polaris Project, Mm -hmm. and it has a state map that you can click on and find out about what's going on in your state. So I think we'll have that posted on the HopeNet website. And we're also, if you've been listening to the program and these things kind of resonate with you, like we continuously say, reach out to a live coach. Or if you have seen maybe some of these signs that we talked about in your children or somebody that you've noticed or or wherever, or you yourself are in a situation where you need help, there is a trafficking hotline number as well that Polaris Project, you can be anonymous if you want to call that tip line, if you have a tip or if you want more information or you need help yourself or you know somebody who does. And the number is 1-888-3737-888. And we'll post that as well on the HopeNet website. But they're a great resource to call. Or even if you're not sure of something that you're seeing is trafficking, they'll talk you through um, what to look for. And they know a lot of local Um, organizations that can help you out as well. So feel free to call that number or to reach out with any kind of questions you might have for us too on on our HopeNet website. Yeah. When you go to HopeNet360.com right there, we have a banner on the homepage. You'll be able to find a whole page of resources, information on human trafficking awareness. We'll also have a link to tonight's show note so you can catch that there. Listen to the podcast and check this out again online just to help you find it that much easier. You know, I think we need to be intentional people about loving God personally and doing that in public in other words not being ashamed not keeping our faith to ourselves and uh, we need to be like when jesus he he found the woman at the well and spoke to her he found the woman caught in adultery he didn't find him they brought her to her and and he was very wise and how he dealt with that we need to be people who love god do it in public give young people an opportunity to see it work for real 
and we need to be watching our own children and then looking for God to use us in helping children who don't have those watching over them. That's what Christ would do, and we need to be a part of that. All right, remember, you can catch a live coach anytime, 24-7 at HopeNet360.com. Check out the podcast. We are podcasting on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio app and Stitcher Radio app. You can also go to HopeNet360.com. Check it all out for yourself. Share it with your friends. Let them know. Of course, we do have a lot of different awareness links on human trafficking and what you can do to be part of National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Again, this is a bigger issue, but it is a very simple one. It's a hard issue. And so tonight we want to leave you with that message of hope, that hope is in Christ. If you found Christ, that's awesome. Help somebody else find Christ because, again, we know that this is not an isolated thing. We know that there's every single day we walk past people who need to know what real hope looks like and they need to know who Jesus is. So connect with us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Leave some thoughts. We'd love to connect with you tonight here yet while we still have some time. And we'll see you guys online and next week. Thank you.